Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to Connecting Cannabis brought to you by Razzle. I am your host, Brian Haller. Hope everybody's doing well today. Um, our guest today is Rochelle Mullins. Uh, she'll be talking to us about uh, her marketing and uh, content creation agency and uh, best practices, tips for cannabis companies, um, and all sorts of cool uh, content pieces that we're going to discuss as well. So um, I look forward to that very much. Uh, but first, of course, I would love to talk to you about Apricot Analytics. Um, they are a full service product quality lab for cannabis testing and CBD hemp testing. They have over a decade of analytical lab experience and have been working with cannabis products since 2005. Uh, Apricot Analytics understands the needs of cannabis and hemp producers because they were producers themselves. They know the challenges, the frustra frustrations and dreams of cultivators and manufacturers. Uh, they get it because they've been here and they're here to help. Apricot Analytics tests your products for the good stuff like THC and CBD concentrations and helps you identify any bad stuff like pesticides, mold, bacteria, and heavy metals. For more information, go to apricotanalytics.com or to learn more about their current investment opportunity, go to the Razzle Investment Marketplace at razzle.com. So Rochelle, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, how are you doing? Absolutely. Thank you for having me. I'm great. It's nice and sunny in LA today, so I'm enjoying it. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to complain. We're finally getting that hot back, right? You know, it was like 85, 90 yesterday. So, yeah. you know, certainly can't complain when it gets like that. Exactly. So uh, let's dive right in. Um, one thing I was really interested to have you on for is because you're fairly new to cannabis in, in, in all things considered, but let's give a little bit about your history. Um, you know, uh, obviously you have a marketing and a content creation agency. Um, has that always been your um, background? Have you always um, done that? So I've always loved words. I've just always had a love for words and communication. So actually, I started as a uh, educator. I was a ninth grade English teacher for a couple of years, went into higher education and wrote policy uh, for some of the major accrediting bodies and life just kind of happened and I ended up here. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, actually, I forgot that you were a teacher, um, as was I. Um, you know, I taught middle school uh, history and English for five years. Um, and then I plopped right into like digital marketing and, and content right in there. It's kind of, um, did you kind of find yourself, um, it, 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 in a weird way, it lends itself to it because you have to create lesson plans. You're creating different types of ways to engage with kids, you know, taking it to kind of a B2B or a B2C situation using all the tools available to you, which you're also trying to teach students about, right? So it's a, right. Kind of a, it's a more logical transition than people realize, I think, don't you think? Very much so. I know when I uh, shared with my parents that I was going to uh, start my own business and get into the digital space, like they were just so upset. They just felt like I was throwing my degree away. And <laughs> the more that I worked in the field, I realized that that experience with those lesson plans, uh, creating curriculum and just understanding how to uh, convey a message uh, to one group in several different ways yep. that taught me so so much about uh, digital content for sure. Yeah, you also learn, I think, to kind of add on to what you're saying, um, you kind of learn about internal processes that hold up content or um, approval processes and what makes a good one, make, what makes a bad one, pressure from leadership not to do this but to do that. You know, um, it really serves you well once you go out on your own and you have to serve a lot of different types of folks, a lot of different types of companies, you know, allows you to adjust quicker. For sure. Okay. So uh, you were an educator and then that kind of sparked the digital marketing, you know, uh, love. Did you uh, work for a company or did you dive right into your own agency? 
So I did my own thing immediately, kind of. So when I started, this will take us back to maybe 2007, perhaps. Um, and at that time, I was really into beauty. I was freelancing on the side in addition to my education and still trying to figure out what could even be done in the online space and just sure. kind of built community from there and uh, was presented with a lot of opportunities to uh, do some work for some contract work for other brands and it just kind of evolved yeah just definitely evolved from there and so you'd say um even though you didn't know exactly kind of where you wanted to go you kind of knew a, an area and you just started putting yourself out there a little bit connecting with people building that initial network and then all of a sudden allowing that to kind of grow and steer you in certain directions um that I, everybody listening that is a great piece of advice that, that rochelle is giving you um, if you're in transition or you're just doing something and you're looking to get into something else, or you would like to be a thought leader in your space, there is no better way than to use the resources right under your nose uh, and to get out there, whether it's by writing or imagery or talking on video, you know, um, and I'm going to guess that sort of led you into, you know, more business. Yeah, I think I totally agree with what you're saying. I talked about that a little bit yesterday on some of my social platforms about just enjoying the journey. I knew, um, probably around 2014 that I was interested in the cannabis space in some way. Sure. Um, it still was even more new than it is now. And at that time, I only thought, okay, well, my only barrier of entry will be a dispensary. Um, and the more that I looked at states who were at least introducing medical programs, I began to understand everything that it takes to, uh, to, to cultivate the flower, to bring it to market. Um, and there were just so many entry points into the industry that I saw that just didn't seem to be discussed. It was either grow or get a dispensary. Yeah. Um, and in there, I found my niche, which was uh, communication and content and, and helping on the ancillary side. So everything, it took some years, right? It, I've only sure. been officially in the cannabis space for about a year. So that was 2014. But mm -hmm. Those years in between was just, it helped me continue to evolve the digital uh, business that I already had, um, gain knowledge, develop skills, and just all of these experiences just were able to put me where I am today. And so, yeah, you built your company, right, by, you know, uh, working in different industries, yet kind of had your eye fixated on, uh, on cannabis once you could kind of get there, uh, right? Um, and you always probably were, you know, kind of teasing it or, or trying to connect with people as, as you could. Right. You know, um, meanwhile, still, you know, putting your current clients first. Absolutely. You know, and so uh, as we transitioned, uh, what was your first, um, you know, cannabis kind of uh, um, project that you worked on? Um, it was a copy project. So I went to a, a conference and they had one little panel about cannabis. And I made sure that I was in that panel, that I was in the front row, that I asked the right questions and connected with the panelists. And I just literally followed up and sent an email. And I was like, hey, I'd love to write your web copy for you. Um, and because they saw that I was interested in cannabis itself, um, yeah. I had that knowledge. They felt comfortable, like not having a cannabis agency at that time or any kind of experience. They felt comfortable enough with my previous body of work um, and my knowledge of cannabis to cultivate a copy for them. And that was, that was the first project. Excellent. And so for those of you who might not be aware, copy is writing, you know, she, uh, you know, Rochelle was either writing articles or perhaps uh, I, would, I would imagine a lot of different things, right? Articles, social posts, uh, internal docs, um, sales tools, things like that. 
Yeah. Um, and so um, that kind of leads us in. Okay, so now you're in cannabis. Now you've been in here a, a year. Um, we see you out there, of course, um, uh, as well. Um, what have you noticed um, in terms of just content from different businesses in the space? Um, I feel like there's certain trends that maybe we want to try to buck right now. What do you think? Um, I think that there's, you know, I think that you might get a different answer probably depending on who you ask, sure. right? Uh, so my perspective of, of the industry and what might be missing as it relates to content is I don't, I'm not confident that there is enough niched down content that speaks to specific audiences, right? So. Right. Um, I don't know, you, one of my approaches when I work with brands is, you know, how are you speaking to people of color? How are you speak, How are you messaging a woman who looks like me, who is uh, mid to late 30s, who has professional degrees, who owns a business, but uh, for, for several reasons, race, uh, uh, faith, cultural issues, there may be some objections to that. So trying to, to work with brands to just create content that is beyond here's cannabis, here's weed, medicate, get high, have fun, live the sterner life. Um, so just trying to really just open up and broaden the types of conversations that we have about cannabis and really just be open and talk about all of the, the good and the bad and the in-between that comes with the topic. Yes. Uh, I mean, I would, I would echo that, you know, obviously at Razzle we're, working from kind of a business and financial perspective with our clients. And so we definitely see that there's a lack of kind of that information. I mean, again, it's kind of this whole back and forth when you're, especially in a B2B situation, it's like, well, I want to be informative, but I got to entertain yeah. a little too. You know, I, exactly. I can't just want, 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 you know, all day long. So, um, so that can be difficult sort of, you know, in terms of finding your balance there, uh, mm -hmm. depending on your brand and your company. But I agree. There's a, I feel like it's either one or the other and there's a whole middle ground here of all sorts of things that, that we could do. Um, you know, I like the idea of, I don't know if this is even the right word to use, but normalizing, right? Normalizing yeah. it, right? It's a medicine. It's, uh, it's all these things that all sorts of different types of people from all walks of life use and they use it for a variety of things. So, you know, have you found storytelling to be a good way to kind of navigate those waters? Absolutely. That's actually what I kind of had to go back. Um, I shared recently with some of my mentors. I feel like I'm hitting the reset button in a sense um, because like you mentioned, there's a lot in cannabis um, and most of us identified by industry. Are you licensed? Are you growing? Right. Are you an investor? Um, and I realized that there wasn't a lot of people who are invested in talking about like, how do I just have this conversation? There's so many people who slide in my DMs and are like, oh my gosh, how do you have the courage to just talk about weed so openly? How do you have to, the courage to consume online? Um, and just, you know, I'm really invested in helping people give themselves permission to enjoy other consumption and also figure out as business owners, as smaller ancillary business owners, how to introduce these conversations to their audience while still showing up as professional um, and as a necessary service provider. Yep, um, I'm with you. I, I, I don't understand why you would promote a product that you're not willing to show yourself, you know, using. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and if you're, if, and maybe that's not your brand. Fair enough. I guess I can give you that. Right. But my whole thing to people was always to say, are you comfortable with a, 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 a picture of you drinking a glass of beer or a wine or a drink? Yes. Then 
you know, yeah. and if you do this as much, if not more, or you're more strongly, um, you know, aligned with cannabis, you know, what are you doing? You know, exactly. go ahead and throw it out there, you know? It goes, you know, it goes back to what you were saying. It's all in work to, to normalize, to really yeah. normalize the imagery and the conversations. Yeah, and I think that we can be distracted a little bit or kind of tunnel vision uh, in California, right, especially. You know, we, you know, medicinal for the longest in the country, you know, been legal for a nice hand, a couple of years now, you know, officially. Um, we're on the West Coast, you know, et cetera. You know, uh, I think we definitely can um, forget sometimes that there are a wide variety of people uh, looking at this stuff and at different levels of Absolutely. understanding or knowledge or even like, you know, uh, willingness. Mm -hmm. So how do you, uh, so what are some ways that you like to work with clients to address that in your content and how you work with um, them? I spend a lot of time uh, with my clients just really defining who their target audience is, um, looking at their goals. So goals for profitability, who they want to be in the audience and just creating the content for that audience, right? So if you know that you have baby boomers in your audience, then you probably don't want to spend a lot of time doing IG lives and a right, whole bunch right. of IGTV. So just really figuring out where your audience is as well as how they want to digest your content. You know what I mean? Um, how can you build a community of people who are going to be willing and open to talk about cannabis? Um, and engage with you the way that they want to. I think a lot of times as, especially as small business owners, like we, it's our, our business, our product, our service is our baby. Um, so we hold it real close and we're like, okay, well, this is how you need to consume this baby. This is how you need to read this. This is how you need. And it's just about making sure that it, the customers first and they, and we're, we're building content along with the buyer's journey um, so that they can use your content to know, like, and trust you along the way. It's exactly right. The audience is a big key, Rochelle. Thank you for bringing that up. It's, it's not enough just to say, oh, people are interested in cannabis. That's my audience. That's, that might have worked like five years ago, actually. You know, it might have been a good play. It's a decent place to start if you're just getting off the ground. But to your point, there's a lot of niches in cannabis that can definitely be taken advantage of right now if you know what you're doing. Right. Absolutely. You know, like baby boomers is a great one. You brought that up. That's a hundred percent right. They correct me if I'm wrong. I believe they're the, um, they're adopting it at the quickest rate right now. They are. And so I'm focused on, I think that's why it's so important to have those conversations. Like, so I have content around, how do I talk to my family about my consumption or how to introduce that to them? So like, you know, it was very trivial when I had to introduce to my 64 year old mother, the fact that I think that she should use CBD and topicals. Um, so that was quite the interesting conversation, but we, I think, you know, we have to empower ourselves um, because most of the people in that baby boomer community are our parents or grandparents. And we have to um, empower ourselves so that we can help them be in better health and have extended lifestyles um, from the benefits of cannabis that we're all aware of. I really love that you're kind of positioning content creation as stand up for what you believe. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's always it's about aligning your kind of your soul with your business and your honesty, right? That's the easiest way to push out strong messages because you believe it, right? You right. believe it in your heart. So um, I know you've seen this a lot. How many people have we worked with that are just deathly afraid to do it? Oh, so many. <laughs> and I think that's, I, I, I got to tell you in our space, 
you know, you are the expert here. So would you say that that's probably like, where does that rank in terms of hindrances uh, from clients? Is it one, two, three, what'd you say? Just that fear alone. On a scale of one to 10, I would say it's at about a seven. Uh, That normally I I have to do a lot of work. I have to do a lot of coaxing to get that video content or that public facing part of it. A lot of people are like, I just kind of want to build a brand behind the scenes. Um, And that's great. I think, you know, five years ago, I think you could build a cannabis brand behind the scenes. I think that you could, uh, uh, build a whole entire community and never once show your face. You know, there's yeah. there's brands that we're aware of that are, are able to do that. Yep. Where the audience is shifting right now, especially in the middle of uh, this pandemic right now, people really want to feel connected. People want to feel like they know you and you know them. And they, if they are investing in what you offer, it's a good investment. Right. Um, so people, they just want to see, they want to see your face. They want to hear your voice. Um, or some type of brand ambassador. They just want to know that they're putting um, their seed in good ground, so to speak. Uh, yeah, I was just going to echo that. I mean, obviously, we both know there's sometimes there's CEOs that, you know, just it, they don't present well that way. They're not required to, right. right? It is, though, important that, like you're saying, you have some sort of, you know, it could even be a symbol, maybe, you know, or like a character. You know, mm-hmm. generally, though, I'd, I like you would suggest a person, right, mm-hmm. to kind of be the kind of point person for your brand, you know, could be a celebrity, could be your business development person, you know, could be somebody else, but like you should have somebody who people can feel like they can reach out to. Right. You know, exactly. Like, like you all are doing, like on the public facing side of this, when we think Razzle, if you don't know that you are a cannabis investment and all of that, like people are going to think of you because you are out here being the, the face of the brand, you're representing the whole entire brand culture. So you're right. Like, even if it's not the CEO or the founder, um, there definitely needs to be some buy-in from the brand in some way that shows uh, your initiative and that you're, you're connected and you care. Wait, that's what I'm doing? <laughs> that's exactly what you're that's doing. That's a lot of pressure, Rochelle. I, uh, I might be done with this whole you're thing. Doing a great I job. thought I was just getting on and talking with my friends and having some fun. Uh, right. Now all of a sudden, I'm a face of a what? No, I'm just kidding. There's a lot of faces of Razzle, which we're right. very fortunate to have, which is great. Um, actually, that's a decent segue for me to plug the Razzle Broadcast Network. Um, obviously, if anybody's interested in actually having a show or certainly being on this show, you can reach out to me uh, at Razzle.com or even me specifically, Brian Holler, at bholler at Razzle.com. Um, and you can see how Razzle's spelled right there, W-R-A-Z-E-L. Um, one last thing before we go, Rochelle. Um, any thoughts, any, um, I guess, strong suggestions, tips for people who might be listening in terms of, you know, we've talked about personalization, um, be creative with the type of content if you want. Um, but if I'm just starting out and, you know, I'm listening to this conversation, I'm like, you're right, I got to get out there. What are maybe your first two, three steps that you might recommend to somebody do? Uh, first step would be to assess your current skills. Um, because I can guarantee you that if, and I want to address this to say, this is specifically for if you're interested in the ancillary side of the cannabis business, you're not trying to go after a license or anything like that. Just assess your current skills, um, what you are already great at doing, and look at the industry as a whole and see where there are some gaps. Like if you find that there are some gaps and holes in the, because that's what I did. I just realized, oh shoot, they don't know how to really communicate the message about cannabis. So 
assess what's going on in the industry, see what's missing and how you can fill in. And then as uh, Brian and I have mentioned several times during this conversation, define a niche. Um, if you are creating a CBD product, whatever it is, just make it specific to a particular audience that is just, that's all they want, that they want to consume it. So that would definitely be my recommendations for starting out. Very good recommendations. I certainly echo them, uh, you know, Rochelle. Um, before we get out of here, let's make sure everybody knows uh, how they can contact you and find you out there. Yeah, you can find me everywhere on social media at Rochelle Lynn. It's R-C-H-E-L-L-E-L-Y-N-N. -N. Yes, that's two consonants. No vowels. Talk to my mom. <laughs> um, you can reach me. Yeah, so you can find me there. And uh, all of my links are relevant. So you can just explore and get to me. Excellent. And you can, of course, uh, find Rochelle on the uh, Razzle Services Index as well. Um, any ancillary service providers are, are there. So if you're looking for an agency or a, a content creator or perhaps an attorney, uh, um, you know, um, or an accountant or something, it's a great resource for you. Rochelle, I look forward to having you on again soon. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks, Brian. All right. Take care. We'll talk to you later.